So welcome everyone to part two of this episode on optimizing your brilliant brain for work and life success with Mary Rensel and Ali Hively. So hopefully many of you were able to join two weeks ago to episode one, where we talked about some tips around a healthy brain and how brain affects your wellness, uh, etc. We talked about a lot of interesting uh, research and best practices for our lives and the Cleveland model, CLE model. So today we're going to talk about uh, specifically work-life wellness and how that relates uh, um, to brain health, but also to uh, how Mary and Allie are living their lives and what tips and resources that they can share uh, from their experiences. So my first question is about this darn pandemic. Um, how has it been an opportunity to evolve our work and lives? Yeah. Yeah, this, I love this because it really has been an opportunity if you've taken it. I mean, the opportunity has been there. And of course, everyone has a very different situation. So if that has not been the case for you, then, you know, that is something to really know and honor that it's it's not been the same for everyone. Um, but if you have had the opportunity to have more time in your life, as far as um, being, you know, not having to commute anymore and being able to be home and being able to have that balance and almost that integration. That's what we're really finding with a lot of people who are working professionally and have been, you know, not in a situation where they're caregiving and not in a situation that they're working extremely more, but their life has shifted and their life has changed. And they do have more of that balance available because there isn't that commute time, there isn't that work travel, and there really is an opportunity to kind of cross the barriers. And that's what we've really seen when you have Zoom in your home and you're able to connect with people all across the world, then so many opportunities. I know for Mary and I, we have met so many people around the world um, during the past year. And I think that it's really become so easy and so normalized to be able to just jump on Zoom in different countries and different time zones and all of those things. So the opportunities have really been available to so many people. And it's just a matter of how you've um, kind of managed to, you know, capitalize on them. Right. And I, I like how you said, Ali, how we need to honor everyone's experience because some people have had a, a more difficult time than others. Um, some people have really struggled uh, with the emotional toll of this, the financial toll, the relationship struggles. Other people have been thriving. So we've seen both extremes happening in business, in psychology, and in the world. But I think it's an opportunity um, going forward to say, you know, what have we learned about these struggles and how can we have more wellness in our lives? So speaking of that, what does work-life wellness look for you, Mary? What does it look like in your life? Well, I would start with just being intentional that it has to be a priority because if it's not, then I'm not uh, optimized at work. You know, so I, I definitely know if I've uh, missed sleep or, you know, if I haven't had good nutrition or something, I won't, I won't be my best self for, at work with my patients. And that's not who I want to bring to work. Um, so I um, have learned from Allie and all her teachings that to put myself in my own calendar. So I pencil in the days, I put it in my phone, in my calendar. And so it's always reminding me, you know, my day to journal, my days to journal, my days to uh, meditate, my days to do yoga. I try to sprinkle it throughout my week and just check it on Sunday and see where I have time to fit these things in. Um, I get my cardio in and, and uh, just be intentional about that. And then 
I actually do sometimes schedule like when I'm going to call like maybe my aunt or, you know, when I'm going to connect with people and, and how can I squeeze a friend in this week? Like maybe I could do a walk at lunch and be really intentional about those things. And um, I've definitely done more journaling this year with COVID than I ever have because I do see the importance of doing it. I actually see what happens when I don't do it. What is the truth? You know, so when I do it, it's not like I feel amazing, but if I don't do it, I know something's off. And I, I can't always put my finger on it. And I think, oh, wait, I skipped that journaling, <laughs> you know, something. So to me, I have to make myself um, a priority physically because, you know, my brain is is keeping me active and creative and et cetera at work and being able to help me listen and assess people at work as a doc. And so I, I have to make that a priority or I don't bring my best self. Beautifully put. Really, really great to hear. And I agree, journaling's been a game changer for me along with um, gratefulness or gratitude. And that was my last episode on grateful leadership and the 10 keys to grateful leadership. It's definitely worth listening to because that practice can make a huge impact. Um, agree. So, agree. <laughs> um, Allie, uh, what, it, what does work-life wellness look like for you personally? Yes. So I have three kids, um, three girls that are younger, um, elementary school and younger. And so it's always kind of flowing, right? So it's definitely, I feel like I've really secured those habits of exercise and nutrition and journaling and meditating, but they don't always happen exactly at the same time each day. And so being able to be a little bit more flexible with when they happen. Um, and like Mary said, to really be intentional about making sure they do happen and make, and understanding they might not happen exactly at the same time each day, but just asking myself, you know, what, when am I going to do this? Not, am I going to do this or should I do this has really helped to bridge that gap. Um, but the same thing is completely true. Like I'm a morning person. So I like to get up and take care of me first. And that works well as far as work and life balance go, because if I take care of me first and when it comes to movement and it comes to journaling or meditating, then I'm available for my kids. And then I'm so much more available for work because that's just off my plate and not hanging over my head. So I would say that, um, that those structures and routines are really important in making it happen and keeping that keeping all the balls in the air at the same time. <laughs> so that one podcast you were on about 5 a.m., I remember that. Yes, yep. um, Maybe you could share what that's called. And is that true for you? Are you up that early? I am. 5 a.m. Miracle is the podcast. Yeah, okay. that's with Jeff Sanders. It's a good, it's a good one. And um, yes, definitely. Mary and I are both morning people. And yeah, so I teach fitness classes early at 5.30 in the morning, um, which I love because there's just a lot of motivated, energized people there waiting for a good workout at five in the morning. Um, nice. but yeah, which is great. And then those days that I don't, I still get up at five. I find that like that quiet time and that routine, it makes it easier. It's just my body knows and no one else needs anything from me at that time. So I can kind of zero in on what I need for me. Um, which is a huge, which is a huge thing. And then if you hear little footsteps upstairs, you're, oh, no. <laughs> I know. You know, that's something that comes up a lot with clients. Like, what do I do if my kids wake up early? And actually, you can train them. So I, my oldest is not 10 and my youngest is five and I have a seven-year-old in between. Um, like I said, so they're they can be trained, which is really interesting. You know, at the beginning, I used to be like, oh, no, now my time is over. 
And now it's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to finish journaling and we're going to put on this music. You can lay right here on the couch with me, but like, we're not going to talk and you're not going to do, you're not going to watch TV. You're not. And now they come down and they just, they don't even say a word. They just pop on the couch, get under a blanket and I can finish what I'm doing. So I think whether that's a workout or a journaling or a meditating, like helping to involve them and, and help them understand what you're doing is so important can really help with your own personal work-life balance because it doesn't have to be like, Oh, now it's now, now I'm done, you know? Um, because if we, if we did that, then it would not happen, (laughs) not happen enough. (laughs) So, yeah. No. So that, that's awesome. Now, what has been your greatest challenge with work-life wellness? So think of a time when it wasn't, the way that you wanted it to be and how did you overcome that challenge? Cause I think that's when we learn the most about what's important. So do you want to go first, Mary? Sure. Yeah. I still work in the hospital sometime and I'm, I'm on call during the night. So I, I don't like to take pagers. I don't like to take electronics in the bedroom. So I, unfortunately some nights have to take pagers. I don't have to do it often. Thank goodness. But when I do, I try to like build up a lot of, you know, good nutrition and exercise and sleep before I have those weeks that I know my sleep will be off because I'm, I'm working, um, you know, in the hospital and then, and then, you know, give myself some, you know, so extra care after. And so it generally gets me through, you know, kind of three quarter, at least of the week. And then I think, well, yeah, I'm almost done. You know, I can make it. So um, I, use, and I use what I know about just the, um, the neurobiology of sleep um, because I know we all have these internal cycles that tell us when we should sleep and, and so I try to get rid of those cues. So if I have to stay up late or work late, it's, it's to you know get rid of the cues that tell me that it's bedtime. You know, so I um, I try to use to kind of uh, biohack those, those yeah those sleep cues like not yet, not quite, um, and then make up for it because I do know. I mean, the studies show even one bad night of sleep or one poor night of sleep or you know can make a big difference on our on our thinking, our creativity, our emotions. And so I don't like to mess around with those things. They're very important to me, you know? Yeah. Well said. And what about you, Allie? Um, I, you know what the biggest thing this year, and I think it's probably been actually more of a theme than just this year, but is the uncertainty and the constant changes that has been something that has been hard to overcome when it comes to challenges, especially, you know, I am a habit coach, right? I like to help people implement habits and help them do things, you know, so they don't have to think about them. And that has been really challenging this year because ultimately, like I had mentioned, when we can rely on like, okay, at lunchtime, I'll go work out, you know, walk to the office gym or I'll go do this. And all of those things have been gone. So really having to dive deep and like root into the habit and understanding like like you don't have to do it at the same time, which is kind of a mindset challenge that we need to overcome. You know, it can happen any time of the day and not allowing that all or nothing mentality of like, well, I didn't do it at 5am, so I can't do it at all. It's in really overcoming those little mindset blocks um, has been a challenge that I have had to work through because I do like the routines. So when they, when they've had to go out the window with all things COVID and then, you know, making a plan and then having it change because that's how that's how it's been, then that I would say has been a constant challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hear you. And I think uh, being rigid and inflexible and having children don't go hand in hand, do right. they? <laughs> being adaptable, being resilient, like we always say, being able to kind of bounce back no matter what. So, 
Absolutely. So uh, my next question is about resources that you'd recommend. So if you had one book or podcast or both that you would each recommend to help people learn more about how to improve their work-life wellness, what would it be? We'll start with Mary. Okay. So I, I had the honor to meet a doctor. Her name is Dr. Sasha Shilkot and Ellie and I spoke at her conference when we could go to conferences uh, two years ago. Um, and she wrote a book called Between Grit and Grace. And I love it, the book because it's it's what I need when I learn something because you read something and then you journal a little bit and you and you strategize. And so you list your strategy within her book. And the book honors, you know, the facts of professional women, you know, in, in any area, not just medicine, although she, she is a cardiac anesthesiologist, but she's devoted a lot of her time to learning about how to help um, healthcare workers with burnout and give people strategies and how to, you know, learn strategies so you don't get there. Um, and so she's she's been wonderful, a great resource for so many uh, women physicians and professional women. And she's spoken some of our conferences, and we spoke at her conference. And so that's it's been really an honor. So I, I love that book, especially how it's set up and with her knowledge and all the research that she she packed into the book. Um, and it's very supportive. That's that sounds just awesome. Yeah. Thank mm -hmm. you. And we will share that in the notes mm -hmm. as well with this episode. What about you, mm -hmm. Ellie? Yeah. So I would say um, Better Than Before is a book by Gretchen Rubin, who is like a habit scientist. And I love, I think it's helpful in giving all different strategies for people that, um, in helping you really understand who you are and what, you know, what it takes to implement and what it, what will help you to make it easier. And so I would definitely say that one. The other book I love is Jen Sincero, You Are a Badass. Um, that is just that book of empowerment and just helping you to remember how much power you have in creating your reality and just um, taking care of yourself the way that you ultimately want to. So those are, those are definitely two go-tos for me. That is excellent and much appreciated. So this isn't a question I ask on all my episodes. If you didn't need to sleep, let's just say for seven to eight hours, because that's the healthy dose of sleep we talked about earlier. So if you didn't need to sleep uh, each day, what would you use the time for if you could do anything else you wanted? Let's start with you, Allie. Um, so I would say like, keep going, which just, I don't, I mean, ultimately I was thinking about this question just as you were talking and I'm like, you know what, I would just do more of what I already do. Um, because I really feel like I'm doing what I love and I am working hard to find that work-life balance. So it's having that time with family and then also having that time to work toward, um, you know, my, our mission that we're helping to empower people and there just aren't enough hours in the day. So I think I would just continue on running right through the night um, and just kind of going back and forth between those self-care and work <laughs> and people. I mean, it's kind of a cop-out answer, but it's totally true. <laughs> well, it's an answer that tells me you're you're on the right path, right? Yes, and right. That's Absolutely. something to be celebrated, right? There's a lot of people that aren't on the right path. So, oh, so good for you. you. And yeah. I think that helps you be a better role model, trainer, coach, mentor, all the things that you do. Absolutely. Thank you. What about you, Mary? I, I loved thinking about this question. Thank you for this question because mm -hmm. I, I was like, wow, seven to eight hours. <laughs> it was just so fun to think about. I was like, I know, right? What would I do? So here's what I did. I like, I built a barn in my backyard and I have an art, I have an art gallery back there and I wish I could paint and have different, you know, like pottery. I wish I had a place 
that I could just go create. And so I, I, I do it now that. in different areas of my home because I, you know, we, like we just made soap on Mother's Day. Like I love to, I love to craft and do things. Um, so if I had my own space to do it, that's, so that's what I'm going to do, Laura. And I can, if you could send me those seven to eight hours in the you, evening. Okay. You are going to have this barn. Okay. This barn is going to happen. This barn it's is happening. happening. It's need to manifest mm-hmm. this barn. Brain, I can picture the brain it. Barn. Let's call it uh, the you brain can picture barn. It. I can picture it. Yeah, I could picture me in it. So it is happening. You're right. Mm-hmm. And that book that Ali recommended, what was yes. the book on getting what you want? Now yeah, you're a badass. badass. True. The badass. You're a badass yeah. is going to help yeah, you get the bad barn. <laughs> <laughs> the brain barn. The brilliant brain barn. The bring BBB. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm in. That's awesome. It's going to have so many windows. I can picture it right now. It'll oh have gosh. lots of natural light. It needs then to. Unlike most barns that are just wood and dark right? and damp and dreary. Okay, well, that'll get you to Cleveland, right, Dr. Laura? You'll come. Yes. Okay, we'll go nice. map it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So my final question, if you could have one wish for a better world when it comes to work, life, wellness, what would it be for each of you? So let's start with uh, Mary. Well, I wish that people had, uh, you know, valid, correct, research-based information. I think there's a lot of misinformation. We have information so easily accessible that people, are, unfortunately, then spend a lot of time or money on things that haven't been proven to help. And so that always breaks my heart when I see that because, I, you know, there, is, there are a lot of things we can do each day. And some of them are simple and some of them are fun, you know, so that, like hanging out with friends and having sitting and having a good meal and, you know, getting good night's sleep. Like those are really strikingly helpful for our future, our to, you know, our todays and tomorrows. So I wish that I could just clean out all that misinformation that's, you know, taking people down the wrong road and helping them waste money. Yes. Love that. That would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And I would say, I wish that people would put themselves as a priority and, I know it's hard. I know there's a million things pulling our direction, you know, all different directions. But when we ultimately take care of ourselves and we really feel good on our uh, in our bodies and in our minds, then we can do so much better for the world and we can take better care of people and we can share our gifts more and we can show up, you know, better in every single situation. And we can really, I think, create a more peaceful and positive environment when we're each taking care of ourselves um, to the best of our abilities. So I would say definitely that. Great. I love that peaceful and positive. The world needs more of that, doesn't it? Yeah, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this has been a great conversation. And I especially like that I had two different perspectives here, two different you know sets of resources, but you're both aligned on the Brain Ops group and on what you offer there. So I'd really encourage people to visit brainopsgroup.com. And the resources that you've recommended sound just beautiful. And I really appreciate that you're combining the science and the research and the medical side with the life coaching and the practical, tangible, day-to-day side. And you make things simple to understand. So really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much for having us. We love what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Well, it's my absolute pleasure. It's one of the best parts of my day, my week, my month is doing these episodes. So thank you for being here today with me. Yes, thank you for all that you do. And stay well, and we will meet in Cleveland. At the barn. Yay! (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today on Where Work Meets Life. 
I'm passionate about sharing insights from experts around the world on topics at the intersection of where work meets life. If you found this podcast useful, please share with others who may benefit and engage with us on social media. For more articles, information, and tips, sign up for my monthly newsletter at my website, drlaura.live. This podcast summary contains links to the psychology practice I founded, Work Evolution, Canada Career Counseling, and Synthesis Psychology, as well as my current employer, Humans, a nationwide organizational psychology firm focusing on culture and performance. Stay well.